You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Well, good morning. Come on, good morning. You're awake, you're alive, you're still here. It's a good morning, man. I'm glad you made it. Hey, welcome to all of you who are watching online. High Ridge family, help me welcome in all of our online friends. We're glad you made it. We're glad you tuned in. Hey, make sure you're writing something in the comments. If you like what you're hearing, uh, share it with us and share it with your friends. Make sure you tell people online where you're watching it from. Uh, It's always cool to see kind of where we're reaching and the kind of things that God's speaking to you and connect with you. You don't have to just watch it from a screen, but, but talk to us. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Amen? So glad you could be here. Hey, I want to remind you of, of a couple things. Uh, uh, number one, I want to thank you for your generosity. You guys are an amazing giving church. In the middle of an economic recession, you're still giving, and I appreciate that a lot. It's, it's amazing what God can do through some people who are not swayed by economies, but say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moved by obedience. And I just want to say thank you for that. It's making a difference, not just here in Longview, but around the world as well. We were able to send one of our very own Claudia Ravenhorst. She was able to go to Brazil. This was two weeks ago. And uh, watch God move in the lives of 500 women, women pastors and pastors' wives. Um, they don't have the training that many of us would be able to receive here. And so to be able to send someone down there to help train these amazing women to change a country for the heart of God, that's only possible because of your generosity. And I just want to say thank you. So I believe that's worthy of a little bit of applause, what we're able to do. Who would have thought long you, huh? So glad we could do that. Hey, November the 4th, we're having our very first women's event. So if you have not signed up for that, I'm just telling you, man, you better get ready because ladies, it is going to be amazing. So uh, uh, guys, make sure that your wife is there. Make sure your girlfriend's there. Make sure they're both there because we want to, <laughs> we think it's going to be an amazing time for all ladies. Some of you are like, is that, can he say that? I don't know. The jury's still out. Uh, <laughs> grab your Bible if you would. We're going to continue on with our series called Life in the sweet spot. Somebody said life in the sweet spot. It's all about finding the heart of God no matter what circumstances life may throw at us. Let me just tell you, there's always a sweet spot. There's always the center of the will of God no matter what happens. And the importance of this series uh, has never been more noticeable than, than for the past couple of years of what we've seen in our world. Our Christianity is very much, please hear me, circumstance based. It's not faith based, it's circumstance based. That means when things go wrong, we go wrong. When things go right, we're right. When things take a left, we go left. And that's not the people that God has called us to be. We are to be led by God's spirit. We are to be true to the word. We are to be a people that are connected with the heart of God. And we are not supposed to be driven by circumstances. Unfortunately, it happens. But here's the thing. We can get back into God's word. We can allow God's word to get into us and show us a better way. Amen? So today we're going to talk about the most... uh, the most beautiful parts of life, the most amazing and fun parts of life, we're gonna talk about finding the sweet spot in the middle of pain. Somebody say pain. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Now there is a emotional pain, there's a, you know relational pain, there's generational pain, I get it, there's mental anguish, I get it. But most of the pain that I've experienced is the pain of stupidity. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I've been there. And there was a time in my life where I thought I could still hang with the youth, where I could still, uh, I could still show them what time it is. And we went into, we took about 40 young men to go play paintball one time. And uh, I thought, this is that moment where I get to take revenge 
upon all the kids that I don't like. And then, can we, can we be honest in God's house? There's some times where you're like, mm, you, you wouldn't do that if you were my kid. And then you get them on the paintball court, like, this is that moment where I make a lot of wrong things right. You're going to learn today, young man. And you, you're like, ka, 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 ka. you're on my team. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. And I experienced the pain of stupidity because once you pass the age of 30, uh, you can't do what you think you can do. You can't. You think you're a lot faster than you are. You think you can do it and you can't. And I, I was just sitting here raining down holy fire upon the weird kids that I didn't like. And uh, I decided to jump up and, and take off at a dead run. And dead run, once you're past the age of 30, that's not a thing. And uh, I took off and my left knee did not. And I, I crumbled to the ground. I had a dislocated knee and I'd, I'd never had that happen before. Uh, but laying on the ground was, you know, experiencing that kind of pain was one thing. But then all the weird kids turned on me and I became, yeah, you know what happened. Covered in paint. Like that's another kind of pain. The pain of embarrassment, which gets even stronger when your youth have to carry you out of the paintball field. And so I'm hobbling on one leg and then I have to drive my standard truck home. Now, some of you have no idea what a standard is. Let me just tell you, that doesn't mean basic. That means a clutch. And for those of you who don't know what a clutch is, let me just tell you, when you have a dislocated knee, that's called pain. That's what that is. Uh, trying to figure out how to drive a car with three pedals with one foot. Uh, that was interesting. And then to try to climb up the stairs in my home was another kind of pain. Uh, and then uh, I had to experience the pain of my wife thinking this is an hilarious moment where you finally understood what she's been trying to tell you and that's you're getting older. I ain't trying to hear that. But I heard it that day. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of kinds of, there's a lot, lot, lots of different kinds of pain I had to experience in that moment. The pain of stupidity, the pain of regret, the pain of embarrassment. I get it. But as we're looking at God's word today, I want you to know we come to the hilarious book of Job. And there, <laughs> some of you haven't ever read it. Let me just tell you. And there ain't a lot funny about that book. We're going to find it. It's in there somewhere. Uh, Job chapter one is where we're going to spend our time because very rarely, it, even in the Bible, will you find someone that experiences this much pain all at the same time. And I'm so glad that when it comes to pain, God's word doesn't hide pain from us. It doesn't just set up some kind of crazy examples of these people that could not possibly have anything in common with us because their lives are perfect and we're the ones that are messed up and they have no pain and their lives are great and we're the ones that have to walk through the hard season. The Bible doesn't hide that from us. From the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible, you're gonna find many, many stories of incredible pain of godly people. So the Bible says when first man and woman sinned, God cursed the ground. And God brought things into the world that had previously never existed, like the pain of childbirth. I'm just telling you, you can blame Eve. I think there ought to be a line of ladies waiting to talk to her in heaven, like, hey, we, you go, I need some time. <laughs> All the way to the very end in Revelation where you find John writing the book of Revelation after he'd been burned in hot oil. Incredible pain. I want to remind you of this, that pain is biblical. Pain is biblical. It's in there. Pain is biblical. And this is important for us to understand because you're going to walk through moments of pain. And here is where we find the problem. 
When pain happens, when pain comes, in those moments, what happens in our relationship with the Lord? What happens when we have to ask ourselves some difficult questions? What happens when God doesn't answer? What happens when relief doesn't come? In those moments, we find out what our relationship with God is really made out of. Let me remind you, there's a sweet spot to be found even in the middle of pain. You know, I've, uh, I've had to walk through a, a lot of painful situations, not just in my life, but with, but with other people and try to help them walk through this. And there's very few situations that will ever get people to turn away from God like pain. We watch as this feel-good Jesus that they believed in for so long all of a sudden doesn't hold up to things like disease, pain, and anguish, and regret, and the loss of a loved one. We have to ask ourselves some, some important questions, like do I believe that God still heals? And here's an even more important question, will I trust him if he doesn't? Pain is biblical, and pain teaches us some incredible lessons. But when our theology doesn't allow for pain, or when our theology says stuff like pain is always the consequence for sin, we've got a problem there. Because that's not what we see in the book of Job. That's not what we see in countless other people that had to walk through painful and difficult situations when there was no sin involved. Pain is not always the consequence for sin. Now, original sin brought pain into the world, but that doesn't mean that because you're walking through a painful season that you did something wrong. Now, it also doesn't mean you didn't. Right? There's some pain that's like, this is because of my sin, and there's other pain that's, this is because I'm stupid. I, I knew better, and I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway, and this is all me. Like, don't blame that on God. Like, that's all me, 100%. But let me say this. Uh, this is important for us to understand. Pain is where bad theology goes to die. Pain is where bad theology goes to die because this is where your relationship with God gets really real and really deep through pain. We come to Job chapter one. And the Bible tells us about this man named Job that he was a righteous man who loved the Lord. It says that he feared God and shunned evil. The Bible says he was blessed. He was wealthy. He was successful. He had lots of friends. He gave money to the poor. He took care of the widows and the orphans. In every sense of the word, he was a success. He was a role model for his community. And then one day, picking it up in verse six of chapter one, it says this. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And I love that we get, uh, we get, a glimpse of the conversation of God when God is bragging on one of his servants. He said, have, man, have you seen, have you seen Job? Have you seen all the things in his life and he hasn't allowed money to corrupt his heart and his love for me. He has a relationship with me that's real. And then Satan says, well, that's, no, that's not true. You, you, you've been bribing him. You're bribing him with your, with your blessings. You're bribing him with, with the protection. You're bribing him with all that success. It goes on to say this. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? 
You've blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now, he said, I'll I tell you what, you wanna see what Job's really made out of? Stretch out your hand, strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. He's saying, you know, Job's relationship with you, Lord, it's circumstantial. It's based upon what he has and the way that you've blessed him. And by the way, this is where we find our American version of Christianity, right here. We see that this is the way that Satan views it. And it's the way that many of us still believe it. As long as times are good, as long as God is blessing me and do the things I think he should do, then I'm good. And Satan says, that's, that's, his relationship with you is based on his circumstances. The fact that you've blessed him. He gets to do nice things. He gets to have nice things. And God says, okay, if you believe that. Very well then, the Lord said, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself, don't lay a finger. He says this in response to Satan saying, hey, if you take away everything he has, he says, he's gonna curse you to your face. And we still see people walking through that exact same scenario today. You don't do something that they agree with, Lord, and they will curse you to your face. When you don't answer the way that they think you should answer, they will curse you to your face. When you don't come through and you don't heal, when you don't deliver, when you don't speak, when you don't do a miracle, I'll curse you to your face and turn away. Why? Because my walk with God is based upon my circumstances. What happens when we walk through pain? What happens when it's not our fault? Job didn't do anything wrong. Here is that difficult part of every single believer's life that we come to where our walk with God has to be more than just circumstance-based, more than feeling-based, more than money, more than health. It has to be real. And this is where I'm hoping that we, that we can dig a little deeper into this today and, and get a deeper understanding of God and what, he, what he's doing in our, in our lives. And so I wanna, give you, I wanna give you four things that I think are extremely important for us to understand about how to find that sweet spot in the middle of painful seasons. And I know this to be true, you're gonna need it. Uh, that's not what you wanna hear, but it's the truth. Come on, somebody. We need the truth. Like, don't, don't, don't sugarcoat it. We've got spiritual diabetes. Don't sugarcoat that. Somebody told me one time, you're fat. I'm like, well, don't sugarcoat it. I'm like, well, I would, but you'd eat that too. I'm like, I'm like, you're not my dad anymore. That's not true. <laughs> I just know my dad's watching, so I want to kick a little shout out. That's for you. We, we need the truth from God's word that helps us in moments of crisis. I don't need something that helps me feel good and paints a false picture of Jesus that doesn't hold up to life circumstances. I need something deeper than that. And so as we're finding uh, ourselves in the book of Job, as we're seeing this, uh, there, there's, there's a powerful story that begins to unfold, some great truths that we can pull out. And it helps us to see something that uh, very rarely in history do you see somebody experience all the types of pain at once. The Bible tells us that he loses all of his wealth in one day. All of his crops all of his herds, gone. And as soon as he gets that news, it says, hey, hey, all your children, they were having lunch together and the roof caved in and all of your children, all 10 of your children died the same day. Imagine that. All at once, one thing after the next. Horrible, life-altering circumstances. Pain beyond measure hits him all 
at once. The Bible says his body breaks out in, in painful boils and sores. And he finds himself covered in ashes, sitting next to the fire, scraping himself with broken pieces of pottery for the itching. Painful mentally, physically. Painful in his soul and his spirit. Pain at a depth that many of us could never even imagine all at once. And then he experiences a kind of pain that I think many of us don't see. He experiences theological pain. Because I didn't do anything wrong. And this is... This is not just a bad circumstance or a bad day. This is horror beyond belief. I didn't do anything wrong. Where is God when life gets painful? God, you're not doing what I believe you're supposed to do. There's the theological pain when you're not hearing, when you don't get it, when you can't figure it out. It's beyond what I can bear. In those moments of life, what do we do? How can we find the sweet spot of the heart of God? I believe it's by going and unpacking some bad theology that we have so we can have a new understanding, a biblical understanding of what life looks like when pain comes and our relationship with God gets real. Here's some things that we have to understand. I wanna give you four of these things. And number one, we'll start with here. Number one, at the basic of everything we're gonna build today at our foundation, number one, my walk with God will include Pain. It's not only something that I, that, I, uh, that I understand, but it's something that I expect. Now, uh, it's very clear that health and wealth and blessings and safety and comfort, all the good days, are those biblical? Yes, absolutely. But that's not the end of it. Those things, by the way, that we all love, that comfort and safety, those are blessings. They're not guarantees. But I can guarantee you, your life is going to experience pain. It's a given. And once we get that at the foundation of what we're understanding about the sweet spot of pain, once we, once we get that at the, at the beginning, we can build a very uh, a true foundation that's, that's much more true to the word of God than some kind of circumstance-based relationship with Jesus. My walk with God will include pain. Let me remind you of this. Uh, God didn't save me from hell to give me heaven on earth. This is not heaven and it's not designed to be. You still with me? And we get that messed up in our mind. This isn't it. This is not the reward. God saved me so that I would be in relationship with him no matter what life throws at me. And whether I'm right or wrong, whether I'm foolish, whether I'm dealing with the consequences of my sin, no matter what kind of pain that is, God wants a relationship with me. And by choosing to follow Jesus, remember this, by making Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, you have an enemy. And Paul was clear when he, when he talks about in the book of Ephesians that we don't, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There are things going on in heaven that you don't get to understand. You may not see it. Now, I love the book of Job because it gives us a picture of what's happening in the heavenly realms. We get to see it, but Job didn't. As we're digging into this, it's important that we understand something. In Philippians 1, uh, the apostle Paul says this to the church, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also, somebody say the next word, suffer for his sake. He puts suffering 
as a guarantee right next to the belief in Jesus. I want you to see how he puts them both right there next to each other, that they go hand in hand. Believing in Jesus means you're gonna encounter some suffering. There's a very real enemy. Things are gonna go crazy. You're in the middle of warfare. Pain is expected. Do you see this? I love it. He says, this has been granted to you. That word granted in the Greek language uh, that Paul writes it in originally is the, is the word charizomai, which means it's, it's a gift freely given. It's like God doing you a favor. <laughs> Who likes that? By the way, this is not some verse that people would tattoo on their back. This is not one of those feel good Jesus moments. No, I don't like that at all. God says, I'm doing you a favor. I'm granting to you something. Not only your salvation, but your willingness to walk through suffering for my sake. You are going to walk through pain. Count on it. Man, such an encouraging message today, Pastor. Thank you so much for this. You're right. This is hilarious. It's right and you need it. One of the things that I, uh, that I made sure um, to, to kind of just make a deal with myself is when we watch what our world has walked through over the past two and a half years and the things that have bolted the surface of the church, um, I determined in that moment before the Lord, I was like, I take personal responsibility for this. God, help me to not ever teach anybody anything that's not so grounded in your word that will help them when life gets tough. And so if you're looking for something different, if this is your first Sunday here, let me just tell you, we're gonna do a lot of laughing, but you're gonna learn. And you're gonna learn things that you need. Um, That's who we are. And I'm sorry, but I'm not here to make you feel good. Um, I'll do the best I can to try to encourage you, but you need this. It's important. And I don't wanna lie to you. You would sue your doctor if there were things wrong with you and he just said, you know what, you should laugh more. Like, that's that's not gonna help me, you know? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Let's work on this. Your life will include pain. Here's a second key, second key of four. Number two, pain is an incredibly efficient teacher. It's incredibly efficient. There is nothing that gives you immediate feedback like pain. There are some things that later on, you're like, you know, it dawned on me. I learned, that's not, that didn't happen with pain. Let me tell you, you learn one Time and you don't ever have to learn that lesson again, right? Because it's painful. Babies think that fire is beautiful until you touch it, until you touch something hot, and then you come to an amazing realization. I don't like this. Pain lets you know something's wrong. Let me tell you, you only stick that that fork in the uh, in the light socket one time. You do it once, and that's how you learn. Now, if your kid sticks in there three and four times, like there's something wrong with your kid. You might want to have that checked out because pain is an incredibly efficient teacher. And there are things that you can only learn walking through pain. As a matter of fact, we say it this way. There's no better door to discover God's faithfulness and the depths of his love than through pain. This is what Satan is is arguing with the Lord about. He's saying that's the only reason why he's faithful to you because he hadn't walked through anything that's difficult. He said, oh, you think so? Now, his, his walk with me, this relationship I have with Job is based on more than circumstances, more than wealth. Those are byproducts of the relationship that he has with me. What an amazing concept for us to grasp that the depths of God's love, the nearness in that relationship 
The best teacher for that is pain. You know what pain does and, and what it teaches us? It teaches us things about, uh, about the Lord that we couldn't find out any other way. And also develops a deep intimacy. When you've walked through some things with God, your, your relationship is deeper. It's the same, in, in, the same in our marriages. When you've worked through some issues, all of a sudden you develop trust. Because it's more than just a lust relationship. It's more than just a friendship. Now this has come to a, it's a, it's a different level because we've worked through some stuff. We've walked through some pain together. We've walked through some hard times. That creates intimacy and trust. I found that I can count on you and you can count on me. I didn't walk out because times got tough. There's intimacy and there's trust. We see each other in a brand new light when you've walked through some stuff. Show me any marriage that's been together 40, 50, 60, 70 years and they'll be able to tell you some stories of the things that they had to walk through. It ain't all been sunshine and rainbows. There's a reason why they say we don't go to bed angry. Why? Because we've had plenty of opportunity to do it. You still with me? But that pain creates a deep trust if we'll let it. And I walk with God. It gets really intimate when we allow the Lord to be near to us through pain. As a matter of fact, Job echoes this when he's walked through some painful seasons. Now he's walked through this horrible day. His friends have come and they've told him, hey, you've, you've obviously done horrible things in your life for God to do this to you. And then his wife comes to him and says, you should just curse God and die. And he's sitting there in pain and anguish. He's sitting there at the end of all of his hopes and dreams, walking through a dark day. And he says this about his relationship with the Lord when he's come through all that. Job chapter 42, verse five. I love this. He says, Lord, I had only heard about you before, but now I've, I've seen you with my own eyes. Now I've got, a, I've got a new perspective because you were with me through pain and times where I didn't understand, times where I couldn't figure it out. He said, now I, I see you differently because we've walked through some stuff. You still with me today? Here's the third and perhaps the most important thing that I'm gonna say today. Third point is this. God doesn't have to explain himself to me. You have to be able to let that go. This is, uh, this is where a lot of people get hung up um, on the question, why? Why? And I spend a lot of time um, helping people to work through um, that simple question. Why? Why did God allow this to happen? Why did God do this? Why is this this way? Why did it turn out that way? Why? 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 Uh, there's no simple answer. Because, by the way, Job's friends thought they knew why. Like, oh, you're being punished for your sin. And Job's like, no, this is a huge mistake. Why, 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 why? When there's no simple answer, I have to come back to the simple fact, God doesn't have to explain himself to me. Now we get, um, as we're reading the book of Job, we get the 30,000 foot view. We get the, the, the story between God and Satan. We know what's happening in the spiritual realm, but God doesn't ever explain himself to Job. Did you notice that? Job and God have a conversation later on, but God never tells him why. God never explains why this happened. And Job doesn't get to see this on that side of heaven. It's the other side of pain that Job gets to see stuff like the faithfulness of God, even if he doesn't understand why. 
You know, I think we get stuck in that why, like Job, many times. And this is where I believe it's so critical for us to have a close relationship with Jesus and for us to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, Job didn't have uh, the, the beautiful blessing of a relationship with Jesus. He only had the concept of God. See, there, there is no Jesus at this point. Jesus hasn't come upon the earth yet. He hasn't given himself as a ransom for our sin. He hasn't purchased our healing with the stripes upon his back. Job doesn't get the benefit of that, but we do. And we still question why. I want to make sure that you understand this. Uh, God never promises that I will understand why, but Jesus promises he will never leave me or forsake me. So we have to put our hope in the faithfulness and the nearness of God, not in the ability to understand why. You still with me? Is this okay? And so this is what Job says uh, as, he's, uh, as he's crying out to God, as he's pleading his innocence, as he's telling his friends, look, I didn't do anything wrong. And if God was here, maybe I could question him, but but I just wish there was a way I could, I could talk to him. I wish there was a way I could plead my case and tell him, you made a big mistake. Bring my kids back. You made a big mistake. Restore to me the things that I've lost. You, you, you messed up, God. And he says this prophesying of Jesus, by the way. I want you to see the, the shadow of Jesus in the middle of the book of Job, in the middle of his pain as he's crying out, saying, God, you must have made a mistake. Look at this in Job chapter nine. He said, if only there were a mediator between us, someone who could bring me and God together. Somebody that could stand between us. Then he said, then I would no longer live in fear of his punishment. I don't have to live in fear anymore that God is punishing me when I didn't do anything wrong. But he says, but I can't do that in my own strength. And within that simple statement lies a powerful nugget that's still true for me and for you. This is why we need Jesus, because you'll never be able to figure it out in your own strength. You'll never be able to make it through the season that you're walking through in your own strength. You are not enough, but thanks be to God, he provided Jesus for us, someone that could go to the cross and take a whip to his back and say, by my stripes, you're healed. You're not strong enough, but the good news is, Jesus is. He is. If only there was somebody that could stand between us and God. Thanks be to God. He provided an answer to that prayer. Let me say it this way. Jesus gives me the strength to keep going when I don't understand. Now, I wish I could say Jesus makes all things perfectly clear to me, but that's not true. Some things you'll never understand this side of heaven, and that's okay. What well, can I understand that he's with me? He won't leave me. He didn't throw me away. That's what I know. So God doesn't have to explain himself to me. And then I wanna finish up with this simple statement. How do I find the sweet spot when I'm walking through pain? And you're gonna need this at some point. You're gonna need it. I wish I didn't have that. that we didn't have to tell you that, but we need to know it sometimes. The future is gonna bring you pain at some point. But the sweet spot in the middle of pain, how do I find the heart of God? We find it in perseverance and trust. Now, I want to be able to say we find a sweet spot in miraculous deliverance. But more often than not, we don't see that God comes through in the way that we think. Are there miracles? Yes. Does God heal? Yes. Can I trust him when he doesn't? Whoo. Yeah, but I don't want to. When God doesn't deliver the way that I think he should deliver, I persevere and I trust.
And Job finally comes to grips with, with that final statement. He says, I'm just gonna put my hope in his faithfulness and the hope that he'll deliver me at some point. I'm gonna trust in his faithfulness when I don't understand it and when it's painful. And I believe it calls us to step to a new level of trust and perseverance that each of us should have with the Lord in spite of what we may be walking through today. I think like Job, we have to come to the place where we can say this, in spite of all of our pain, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's a walk with God that is not based upon your circumstances or your health or your wealth or your prosperity or your favor or some Santa Claus in the sky. Said, God, even if you kill me, I'll still trust you. That is perseverance. I wanna remind you that the goal when you're walking through pain, when you're walking through difficulties, when you're walking through trials, when you're having to persevere, the goal is to finish well, no matter what. Finish well. Finish with a heart for the goodness of God, a heart for his will, a heart for hearing from him, a heart to finish this no matter what. Whatever it takes, God, I just wanna finish well. I don't wanna turn away from you. I wanna finish well. I wanna persevere. I wanna trust in your faithfulness even when I don't understand it. In 1968, the Olympics were held in Mexico City. And uh, there was a man that came in from Tanzania. His name is John Stephen Inquiry. And uh, John, by all accounts, was a world-class runner. He has a chance, like many of them, a chance to compete for the gold medal. And he had his hopes and dreams set on placing first, winning the Olympics. His event was, of course, this long-distance marathon. And as the starter's gun went off, and many of those guys took off jockeying for first place, History tells us that he got into a, a, a tangle with another runner and he falls down, takes a hard fall. He damages his shoulder a lot. He cuts his leg uh, pretty deeply. He's bleeding all over himself and then his, left, uh, his right knee gets dislocated. So in those, in, in those moments, I mean, his, his dreams are, are done. You're, you're not winning a gold medal with a dislocated knee, especially when the race just started. And so he wraps up his, his, his wound, tries to stop the bleeding as best as he can, and they say, you know, you're ready to stop and let's pull you off. And he's like, no, I want to keep going. And so he stands up and begins to hobble on one leg as all the rest of the runners are far off in the distance. So he hobbles and he hobbles and he hobbles. You know, uh, as the race is won that day by people that nobody else remembers, um, over an hour behind all of them is John Stephen who refuses to quit. They have the closing ceremonies. Everyone applauds and medals are handed out and he's still running. It gets dark and he's still going to the best of his ability. People leave the stands. People go home. Then they look in the distance and see one last runner coming in, running on one leg. And the reporters are like, who is this? So they rush over and they start taking pictures of him. He finally crosses the finish line and stumbles and falls down and they say, what in the world? Why wouldn't you quit? And he makes this famous quote. He said, my country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start this race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. And I wanna remind you, believer, that God didn't put you in this race to just start it. He who began a good work in you is faithful to finish it no matter what. And that's the goal today, that no matter what life may throw at us, no matter how painful our circumstances may be, the goal is to finish well no matter what. God, you didn't just begin a work in me. You're gonna finish it. And my job is to stay faithful to you in spite of how I feel. Finish well.
push. Keep going. That's the encouragement that I bring you today. God said he'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. You may not understand it, this side of heaven. But persevere. Stay faithful in your relationship with the Lord. And watch as God does incredible things with your pain. Let me tell you this. God doesn't waste pain. He redeems it. He redeems it. And he uses it for incredible things. Don't stop. Can we finish up right there today? I want to I just stop right there. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Put away your notes. I don't want to remind you, hey, if you're, if you're watching online and you know some people that are walking through a painful season, would you do me a favor and would you share this message with your friends? I believe our world needs to hear this. We don't, we don't need some sugar-coated preaching. We need to know what happens when we're walking through pain because our world is in a very painful time. We're walking through pain and its effects and we need to know what to do. Thankfully, God's word shows us what to do. So if you'd be so kind as to share that with your friends, that would mean a lot to us. And as we're finishing up today, I wanna pray for every single person that's walking through a season of pain. I've been there, you've been there, you may be there right now. It's hard and I'm sorry. I know life isn't easy. And I have the honor of knowing many of your stories I know the things that you're having to walk through right now, I wouldn't wish those on my worst enemy. Painful seasons. And so I bring you the word of God today knowing that there's another side of pain. And that's where God steps in and redeems pain and restores and heals and delivers. And I want to remind you that Job kept his heart right in the middle of his pain. And all that Job had at the beginning of his life, God doubled it at the end. And your God's arm is not short. He is able to deliver and heal. He's able to miraculously perform and do things that no power on this earth can do. The bigger question is, though, can you trust him if he doesn't? Put your trust in the Lord, no matter what. Let me pray for you. Father, my friends all over this place and those that are watching online, walking through some difficult seasons, I pray that now your word would come to pass where you would be the friend that stays closer than a brother, where you would be an ever-present help in the time of trouble, where you would be Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees, the God that provides, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. I pray that you would reveal yourself in fantastic and amazing ways. I believe that you can show them your faithfulness even if your miraculous power is not what you deem appropriate for this season. Show them your faithfulness. Let them sense you so near. Comfort them. Strengthen them as they put their hope in you. In Jesus' name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to finish up with one last question. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm not sure if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure if I've ever really asked him to be the Lord of my life or whatever that might mean. Or maybe like me, you were raised in church, you went to church, but then there's a moment in your life where you walked away from God. You know, I'm so thankful that somebody loved me enough to tell me the truth and to show me how to have a real relationship with God that was more than just circumstance-based. It changed my life. And I believe the Lord wants to change yours too. 
If you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you need to come back into a relationship with Jesus, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now. And I'm believing that if you pray this prayer with me, that God will hear your prayer and things will begin to change. So I invite you to pray with me. I'll tell you what to say. I'll help you just like somebody helped me one time. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came and died. I believe also that you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. So please forgive me. Lord, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. Come on, pray that. Not my way, your way. So I invite you to be my boss. Take over. I give my life to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if that was just you, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you just look up at me all over this place? Lift your hand up. Say, that was me, Pastor. I pray with you. Good. I pray with you, Pastor. That was me. Good. I see you, young man. Good. Good for you. If you're watching online and you actually prayed that prayer with me, you're not afraid or ashamed to admit it, I want to just say congratulations. Good for you. There's a number that's going to be appearing on your screen. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. I want to challenge you to text the words, I prayed, to that number. What's going to happen is I'm going to send you some things that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what you're supposed to do next. And it would be my greatest honor to walk with you as you take your journey with Christ. Good for you. I'm proud of you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me, then stand to your feet if you would. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today. I pray that you're just as blessed and encouraged about it as I was. I know that it's not the most hilarious message that we've ever done, but it's necessary. Come on, somebody. It's necessary. I need it. I need it and our world needs it. So I want to invite you too, man. If you like what you heard today on social media, on our website, you can share this with your friends. I think our world needs to hear it. Our world needs to hear what's happening here in Longview, Texas. God's still moving. He's speaking. He's working. He's giving hope and our world needs it. I've got our elders and their wives stepping forward. These guys are gonna remain here as the service finishes up to make sure that they can pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. Do we believe that prayer changes things? You know, Jesus one time says, you don't have because you didn't ask. I wonder what kind of breakthroughs we could possibly experience if we just asked. It's a very biblical thing to call upon the elders of the church to have them pray over you. And this is that moment where we had them available to pray for you. These are my personal prayer warriors, my personal intercessory team. These are my bros and my sisters, and I love what happens when they pray. And so I want to extend those as a free invitation for you to enjoy what happens in my life when these people pray for me. I'm here because amazing people have prayed for me, and I'd love to extend that invitation to you to have these people pray for you. Amen? Let me bless you and send you out. Father, I thank you in advance for the miracles that are happening as we put our hope and our trust in your word and in your faithfulness. Would you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you all week long in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week. Go Cowboys. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support, and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. 
Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.